Podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM as we take you up until noon momentarily. Tom Wilson, Activities Director and Head Football Coach Dowling will join us uh, as we will um, talk about some of the uh, hurdles that have to be crossed in order for high school football to happen. Right now, the green light is shining brightly, full speed ahead, Trent Con, Of course, yes. baseball's front and center. Uh, is everything happening down at Principal Park? And Vinny Iyer is going to join us in about 20 minutes or thereabouts from the sporting news. Again, a whole bunch of uh, veterans opting out of playing this year. I think they get a $350,000 stipend. Okay. So it's not like they're not going to get paid mm-hmm. for, for opting out this year, but everybody has their own reason for doing so. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the Canadian yes. doctor, did you see that last week? What a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, the right starting right guard for the world champion, uh, pains me to say, Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Let's get our friend Tom Wilson in here uh, as we uh, talk about, well, the baseball team and the unfortunate end to their season as well, high school football coming up. Uh, Coach Wilson, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, good to speak with you again. Coach, how are you? I'm good. Good to talk to you guys as well. I guess let's go back before we go forward and just the uh, the disappointment of you know the the, uh, the baseball team's number one ranked uh, in the state at the time. They're playing good baseball. Of course, the uh, season was um, you know a hit and miss. Whether it was going to happen, you got the okay to go forward. Everybody was doing their part. Uh, but this virus, it, it dictates what it wants to do, right? And, and sadly, uh, it took out the baseball program from having an opportunity to compete for a state title. How difficult the conversation was that to have uh, amongst the players, Coach? Well, it's heartbreaking, to be honest with you, and, and softball as well. And, and yeah, sure. Football gets a lot of notoriety uh, as they were rated number one at the time and, and playing very good baseball and certainly fun to watch and uh, it's just disappointing and, and something that you really have no control over. I really thought our coaches uh, did a really good job of following our protocol. I thought our players were doing a good job, but it's something that you really have no control over, and mm-hmm. it reared its ugly head uh, to us in an unfortunate time. And, you know, we had a, obviously a situation with a false negative that uh, at the end of the day was our really biggest issue because we'd shut down uh, for a couple of ball games. Uh, to be careful until we knew, and and then we got the negative test, and we played the next night, and that ended up being uh, really the thing that put an end to everything. The hand-in-hand decision about the softball team also having to end their season, where did that come from? The the Polk County, I've heard, you know, Board of Health, and different here, Sioux City Healing had something very similar happen to them, yet their baseball program didn't shut down when the softball had a positive test. Walk us through kind of what led to both the softball team also having to shut down and just the process that you had to go to and ultimately the season being finished up for baseball and softball. Yeah, it's fairly complex, and I really can't speak to the Helan situation because I really didn't know the specifics to that. Um, I know that I spoke with Polk County in great detail um, you know, part of our issue uh, between baseball and softball is 
you know, we, we obviously do have uh, connections there. There may be people dating and things like that that could be possible exposure. We do have siblings uh, within the programs. Um, so then you're looking at possible cross-contamination between the two. Um, I think a couple of things that happened is, you know, on our baseball staff, we have a father-son that's coaching at, at different levels within the program mm-hmm. but live within, within the same home. Um, obviously, there's an issue there. Uh, we had a couple of injuries at the sophomore level where we brought kids up uh, from the freshman level to complete that team. And if I had to do it all over again, I probably would just say, okay, this is your varsity team, this is your sophomore team, this, there's your freshman team, and we're not changing anything at any time because of any injuries. But um, it is what it is now. But uh, really what I was hoping for uh, is – as kids tested and things like that, is that we would get, you know, possibly our sophomore team with a few varsity kids to be able to play that first round of the playoffs, and then our kids would be out of the out of quarantine by the time of round two came. But obviously, that didn't work out in our favor. It just seems to me, Coach, uh, and this is me speaking, not you, that you know the ninety nine counties and it, everybody should be running the same race. I think. I mean, meaning that. You know, if uh, rules in Polk County are the same rules in place in all of the county, or not just Polk County, but it's the same set of criteria that determines whether or not that you have you can go forward or you have to quarantine and shut down. Um, is that a, a a state problem? Is that something that you think should be addressed going forward? Uh, is that everybody should you know have the same parameters uh, around some of these decisions? I think if you would talk to any athletic director or coach, um, really what they want is a level playing field. Mm-hmm. And I, I think basically what you said is, is fairly accurate, and I think most people would would want that. Um, you know, one thing I'll say is, you know, in my dealings with Polk County Health, I think they've been fantastic and, and really transparent Good to know. Uh, within within what they want done and what their recommendations are. Um, I spoke a lot with them, and, and uh, they always take calls, um, and they certainly, you know, they want our kids to be able to play as well, and they just knew we were in a tough situation. And, uh, you know, as obviously it didn't turn out in our favor, and as I mentioned before, it's heartbreaking, and you would hope you would have a chance, but for us it, it wasn't going to be the case. Uh, as we transition to football, one kind of that crosses both sports, and you just kind of alluded to it, what you would have done differently. What did you learn from baseball, Coach, that you'll take forward into the fall with not only football, but with all of the fall sports? What did you learn from the baseball? I hate to call it an experiment, but that's kind of how it was. A lot of eyes were watching it. Uh, you're right. And, and you know, I think people have to understand that masking is unbelievably important. Um, and, I, you know, you get people in – you know, in our area and really across the country that have differing opinions of that. But, you know, if I learned one thing, that's it. And um, I think you have to be careful with your cross-contamination. Um, as I mentioned about baseball, I think it goes into football. Uh, for example, there's a lot of football coaching staffs that they may might use a lower-level coach uh, on a varsity Friday night, whether it be on the sidelines for something or up in the box. Well, honestly, that's a risk. Um, because if somebody off of the lower-level team uh, is COVID positive, that coach is now exposed or has the potential to be exposed, they bring that to a football Friday night, then you're exposing multiple levels um, by the same person. 
Tom Wilson joining us, the head football coach at Dowling Catholic, also the activity director for the Maroons. Uh, coach, as we get into football, as you look at the path that was put forth for baseball, softball, how different is it going to look for football, volleyball, and also probably the biggest component here, these kids are going to be back in school. The parameters that were in place for ba- baseball and softball, would they even work for football? It's going to be really, really hard to manage, to be honest with you. And, and you know, I think it's a, it's a wait-and-see approach, and you try to do the very, very best that you can and then hold your breath the rest of the time. And, you know, I would say right now I probably have six kids that haven't been, you know, in off-season workouts most recently just because of COVID exposures. And I think it's going to be tough. Um, the kids in school – um, as it relates to athletics, I think that makes it even more challenging. Um, and I think the other thing that needs to be said is, you know, we can we can do everything possible um, here on our campus and try to do the right things. And, you know, the kids go home, uh, the kids be kids, those types of things, and they put themselves at risk. And it's going to be really hard to go through seasons uh, ever having your full team together all at one time. What's it going to be like, Coach? Week two, Valley Stadium has, what, 10, 12,000 people normally uh, in to see the state's great biggest rivalry, Valley versus Dowling. I, I know that you guys have been told what you're, at least some of the guidelines that are, you're going to be asked to follow at practice, at games, etc. But what about the, you know, the 12,000 people that normally would be there uh, in the stands or surrounding, just finding a place to watch that game? Have you seen uh, any guidelines as to what the, the stands are going to look like this fall? No, but it's been discussed amongst some of us athletic directors. And, and in baseball and softball, we obviously minimized our crowd. Um, when you start looking at social distancing, there's almost only so many people that you can put in the stands safely. I could see football look very similar. So you're probably looking instead of 10 to 12, you're looking at five to 6,000. Um, you're looking at probably cleaner sidelines. Um, I think it still needs to be determined whether you would be able to see a marching band, whether you'd be able to see cheerleaders, dance team, those types of things. I think we have to make decisions on. Uh, for the summer, there were no concessions, um, you know, so you may or may not have that as well. Um, just how kids get uh, water at timeouts is going to be different. Um, they're certainly going to extend uh, that time, and I think they're going to extend – um, our sidelines as well to, in order to be able to give us room. Um, but honestly, you know, whether that works or not, that remains to be seen. Um, but I, I do think we'll certainly have things in place. And as for, for watching the game, I know a lot of us in baseball and softball, uh, we were live streaming those ball games to give uh, people the opportunity to watch the games that couldn't get there, didn't have a ticket, we wouldn't let in because of, of crowd control measures. I can certainly see... Uh, very similar to that, but with uh, all of our fall sports, not just football. Talking with Tom Wilson, the activities director and football coach at Dowling Catholic. Coach, uh, from there, on Friday, you were handed, as coaches and ADs across the state were handed from the Boys Association. The schedule? Uh, rip it up. It's going to look mm-hmm. different here. Everybody will make the playoffs. It'll be a seven-game regular season if you choose to play the first couple of weeks. And you were able to cobble together your schedule very quickly. Take us through that process. I believe I heard there was a call over the weekend with a bunch of the Central Iowa CIML athletic directors trying to piece this together. If you can, uh, fill us in on that process. 
Right, and and I don't know that anybody was overly surprised that 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 was going to happen. I one of my biggest worries was, you know, we were scheduled to take two different levels to Cedar Falls and play in the dome, and two different levels over to Bettendorf to play. And from a transportation standpoint, that's a nightmare, and it's a, it's a nightmare really to begin with. But then you start talking about, you know, social distancing and having enough buses and keeping people safe. That was going to be difficult to do. So I thought it was a great decision to try to limit travel. So when that that came down, really, uh, the Western side athletic directors, and you mentioned the CIML, but uh, we also had Sioux City involved and also Council Bluffs involved um, because, obviously, they need a schedule as well. Um, And so uh, there were a couple of ADs that that put some things together. Um, We had schedules that were recommended. Um, really what the Athletic Association had done at the lower levels had taken out weeks three and four, and then they were playing their schedule weeks five through nine. And as you mentioned, one and two um, are optional, or really they can be filled with rivalry-type games, uh, hence us versus Valley in week two. Um, And so as we put things together, um, took the weeks three and four out, uh, and then, obviously, some of us had openings then, us and Cedar Falls or us versus uh, Bettendorf. We would have openings, and then they started matching people up that way. So um, I think it's a mixed review of, of how it worked out for people. Um, that's for sure. Um, there's a lot of different ways we probably could have gone about it. You could have had a blind draw. You could have uh, taken out different weeks. But I think for consistency purposes, uh, weeks three and four were decided upon, and you know, I think you see um, there's certainly some people that have a lot more difficult schedule than others. Um, but, you know, in a short time, you're trying to do the best you can. That's all anybody can ask, Coach. When do you guys start practice? Well, officially it's August 10th. We start our, our camp this weekend. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I mentioned, protocols will be in place, but you just kind of hold your breath. Indeed. Coach, thanks for coming on, Tom Wilson. Appreciate it. By the way, Wayne Whips, your old neighbor, asked us to say <laughs> hi to you, uh, the whipper. <laughs> just send yeah, us a text. I bet you do. All right, we all yeah. do. Good to talk yeah. to you, Coach. Thank you, uh, Coach Tom Wilson. Activities, athletic director at Dowling Coach, uh, the head football coach, going for what, Trent? This will be number eight this year. I had In a eight. row. In a row. Yeah. Seven consecutive. Not eight overall since no. the school. Eight, no. Eight in a row. Eight, eight in a row. That's what they're going for this year. And what my Dowling buddy says, yeah, it'll be great this year. <laughs> Foregone conclusion in his mind. Uh, we'll take a time out. Uh, Vinny Iyer will talk some NFL. Uh, next segment coming up here, Vinny Iyer will join us. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword RICH to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's RICH to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. I'm Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO 106. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Super Bowl winning quarterback is now part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Patrick Mahomes has just bought a chunk of the Royals. Look, kid grew up in a major league clubhouse, yes, right? he did. Loves the game of baseball. Played it at Texas Tech. Wish he would have stayed with baseball. Saw his dad throw his first ever career start. Is You did or he yeah, did? I did. Did yes, you? Yeah, saw that. Also saw LaTroy Hawkins first start. First pitch, 97. Second pitch, 
Tony Fernandez hit it over the wall for your Blue Jays. The late Tony Fernandez. Uh, Vinny, in a moment, you've got some news on Iowa basketball. What's going on? Yeah, breaking news from the University of Iowa and the men's basketball program as the athletic department announced today that the men's basketball team has paused workouts for 14 days after two student-athletes tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday. Mm. So 14 days, they will shut down the workouts that they're going through Two positive tests inside the Iowa basketball program. Let's get to Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. We cover the he covers the NFL. There's a number of players, veterans, a lot of teams, veterans reporting today. Patriots six have uh, opted out of the season. Eddie Goldman has opted out of this uh, of the season. Laurent Duvernay Tardif last week. Uh, Vinny, uh, this is going to be one of the stories. Good to speak with you as always. Uh, this is going to be one of the stories in the next couple of days with these veterans reporting. What the players, uh, household names in some cases, will opt out of playing due to this virus? Yeah, it's going to be anyone with some health concerns or just where they are at in their careers. And you're probably going to see people on the other side of 30. With Lauren Duvernay-Tardif, that is a rare case because of his uh, other profession right. off the field. So I don't think you'll see stars necessarily at that level, but the Patriots did uh, learn about the three guys that have started for them for a while uh Patrick Chung is the latest with Marcus Cannon and Dante Hightower. So those are some notable names for the Patriots. They are getting a little older. They don't rely specifically on one player on defense. I think the one irreplaceable player they have is basically Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's more committee approach. They have some depth at linebacker and safety. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I think Cannon losing him is a big blow because you have Cam Newton coming in there. You want to keep him healthy. You have a young quarterback, Jared Stidham. You want to uh, give him the best protection and uh, running blocking as possible to support him. So, yeah, some concerns right off the bat. We're probably going to see some uh, other players of note that are key. Uh, Goldman is the guy that uh, the Bears are going to have to adjust to replace a little bit on their defense. I think they were looking forward to having their front seven intact here after not having Akeem Hicks for a lot of last season. So when you look at that, it's going to be tough. Teams are going to have to adjust, and again, with anything, with any situation that's adverse, whether it's a, a rash of injuries during a season or uh, complications with COVID or uh, just the way you practice, what you can do to get ready for the season, teams that are best prepared, the deepest teams are the ones that are going to survive this and uh, play well here on the season and put together a product similar to what we've seen before. You know, it feels right now, Vinny, that this is going to be such a big test run for for college football and to see how this is going to work out. Though colleges have been working out, they had uh, workouts that began way back in June, at least in the voluntary stage. Of course, we know how voluntary that all is. It's it's going to be different here. we got guys in pads. we got guys hitting each other, sweating on each other, spitting at each other. There's going to be those kind of things that happen here. Just how quickly do you think this can disband? A lot of people yesterday, when the Marlins news came out, said, well, throw out your hands, it's over for baseball. That has not been the case here. What would it take for this whole thing to unravel for the NFL? Well, I think you are doing a good thing here by really keeping teams in their team bubble, so to speak, as much as possible. So that's a big thing, is that Baseball, what's the biggest issue is that you have road trips and teams going to different cities uh, constantly. Here with the NFL, your road trip is at the end of the week, and that's it. You go back home, do your thing. So in in a way, you have uh, bubbles throughout uh, the preseason and training camp. You have that throughout the practice week. And then 
the bubble for the game. So if you survive that week, I think the biggest thing is these players have to take it seriously that if you do something, and I think they put in some provisions, that is not good for uh, your team or the potential of uh, being high risk, that you're going to pay the consequences be out for the season. I think that's one thing baseball kind of missed is that players are going to have to make sacrifices, and it also involves their fellow players, right? You're doing this for mm-hmm. the benefit of other players being able to play and earn a salary. You're not doing it for the guys that are making uh, the highest salaries in the league. You're doing it for the grinders that need to be out there without guaranteed money for a season to get some money. So uh, I think you have to look at it that way. The players have to be responsible, and I think in general, the NFL players feel like they're a little bit more responsible because I think unlike a baseball, I think there's the kind of a social responsibility from players that if we do this safely, set a good example, do it right, inspire some people, give something people to root for in the fall. It's been a bleak uh, spring and summer here that uh, it's very important to stay on the field and uh, entertain and uh, most important, keep each other healthy. Uh, very good points. Uh, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News is our guest. Vinny, do you know if internally the NFL has discussed playoff scenario? If there's a, if there are teams that can't play all sixteen games, right? There's a team that's nine and seven that's going to get in, but there's an eight and see an eight and seven team that couldn't play a game, whether their opponent uh, had a, an outbreak uh, throughout their locker room or whether they had. Uh, an outbreak in their own locker room. Has the league discussed percentages as far as, you know, it's more than wins and losses. This year, percentages might factor into what teams make the playoffs? Yeah, I I think uh, you look at uh, the way it's going. I think with the NFL, you have a pretty good uh, model here, obviously, with the playoffs, something that uh, they've uh, worked to adjust here a little bit for uh, 2020, but I think it's a good time to think about that, adding that uh, playoff team. And you look overall, I think the NFL, again, I think ideally they're all adding up to uh, if they can get to a regular season and maybe this thing comes down or we find some solution here, uh, that I think the goal would be if they can get fans in for the playoffs and have some people there to attend games, they'll take that, I think, if that's the best case scenario for attendance to these games safely. So when you think about that with the players and uh, getting through this whole season, I I think that's the biggest concern is I think starting on time, getting people safe in the beginning, just like baseball, that's fine. But are they going to get to the finish line where things could get worse with this and states have more restrictions? And that could be around the holidays, playoff times, when we know flu season also steps up. So. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see if the NFL can get to the finish line once it starts. And we know the finish line is the most important thing with the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Vinny, a couple weeks ago, things were not looking good between the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. A lot of talk about a potential holdout from camp this year. It feels like things maybe are trending in a positive direction. Mike Zimmer announced yesterday he's going to make him a team captain for this year. What's the likelihood with the economic uncertainty surrounding football, though, that Dalvin Cook does get a new deal before the season begins? Well, I think it makes sense to take care of him at this point. I don't know why. They're waiting. They have all the parameters in place. Christian McCaffrey has a deal. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Ezekiel Elliott has his deal. Derrick Henry got his deal. You can slot him probably safely somewhere there uh, in that 
Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson category. I think those guys are a bit overpaid for previous contracts, but I think you slot Dalvin Cook to the third slot. I think one concern if your team like the Vikings is, unlike Elliott and McCaffrey, Elliott did have a suspension. Now, Dalvin Cook has missed a chunk of time, even last year. Uh, so he had the torn ACL. So you really had only one real top productive season out of him. That said, he's a special back. He's very vital to what you do right now, both as a runner and receiver. You have a run-heavy offense. You've lost Stephon Diggs in the passing game. So you need Cook, his presence, to catch a lot of passes for Kirk Cousins. So he certainly has a lot of value to the Vikings. Uh, there's very few backs with that same type of value to their teams, I would say. Christian McCaffrey, for sure. Saquon Barkley with the way mm-hmm. the Giants are rebuilding. But you can put Cook in that same class right now in terms of all-around feature back status. So Barkley at one point we know might be the highest paid or right up there with McCaffrey. But for now, there's an easy place to slot Cook as the third highest paid running back in the game. Uh, Vinny, last thing, I guess it stays with the Vikings as we finish with back-to-back Vikings. But Mike Zimmer has been extended. I'm surprised that took so long. I thought that there was a deal to get done before now. Look, the, the bottom line is it's done uh, when it needed to be done. But uh, were you surprised that Zimmer uh, was extended? I think he's been great up there, but that's just me. Uh, your thoughts on Mike Zimmer's extension? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is they wanted to be in line with uh, Kirk Cousins, and they gave him an extension first. Obviously, that was important after he had his uh, career-best season in terms of efficiency. So Kirk Cousins' first year was a little tough adjustment to the receivers and all that was a bit of a mess. But last year, I think they kind of got the offense they wanted. So that's a complimentary offense, run heavy with Dalvin Cook, protect the ball with your quarterback, play defense behind it. So their identity is strong. The Vikings... Also coming off a pretty big playoff win against the Saints. So mm-hmm. they're certainly in the conversation. The NFC to me is wide open. And I think with the NFC, you see Kyle Shanahan getting a big extension, Mike Zimmer getting a big extension. I think a lot of these teams see, okay, we have a stable team, consistent team. We want to be in the NFC conversation for a few years. And uh, keeping Zimmer around as long as Cousins is around is going to guarantee that for the Vikings. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Vinny, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you in the uh, uh, in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Vinny. Right, thanks a lot, guys. Good, yeah, good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Alex Smith, I saw. What a great story. I never ended up seeing that uh, E60 so that you good. mentioned. and. I've looked for it and looked for it and I haven't been able to locate it, but I, I want to just because of Doesn't the ESPN crazies. Plus would not would Probably, you be able to get it through there? Yeah, I, I need to dig a little bit yeah. deeper because you just said how good it oh, was. It was great. But seeing him last night, they had a cutaway of him working out on Sports Center and just seeing him, mm-hmm. he's got all kinds of different kind of uh imaging equipment all over him and, and certainly on its leg, which he almost lost. Right. Which is just absolutely incredible here. Still, as I was thinking about it... It could have been his life. Imagining him on a football field, it makes me feel queasy. I don't think he'll ever play. I kind of hope he doesn't. I'm so glad he got to this point. If you haven't seen the E6, it's a great watch. What he went through to try and get back out on the field. Um, and he's done so. We'll, we'll see what, if, if that's the last chapter or not, but uh, hard not to root for the guy. All right, we'll come back, finish up the program. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hey, folks, Mike here from JLM Shooter Supply. I'd like to invite you into our full-service shooting store in Urbandale, Iowa. We carry a full line of guns, ammunition, and accessories. Everything you need to enjoy a day in the field or a day at the range. And, hey, if you break it, we can fix it. We do all kinds of gunsmithing to any 
type of weapon. We've been in business since 1988, and we're here to take care of any of your shooting needs. Find us on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or call us at 515-331-1577. That's JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. I'm Rusty, director of Wolf Roofing. We started as a roofing company 26 years ago, and we're still a roofing company today. What started with the roofing a handful of homes in the summer of 1993 has grown into a company that completes hundreds of projects each year and can handle the biggest roofing projects. Whether you're a homeowner, apartment owner, or manage a townhome association, Wolf Roofing has experience to handle your project. Give us a call at 225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfroofing.com. All right, final segment here on a Tuesday. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, a short show tomorrow. Uh, but Cappy's going to be a part of it, and certainly look forward to Cappy uh, chiming in. I wonder if he's cooled down. <laughs> just, just a little bit, huh? Oh, he's fired up. Ooh. Unbelievable. That's good stuff out of Cap last night. And his closer, Craig Kimbrell, was a can of gas. Uh, and David Ross didn't make it any better by just leaving him out there. Said after the game, I had to knock some rust off of him. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. There, were, there was some rust. Did you see the... Uh, the stat, I think I'd mentioned this a little bit earlier. He threw 15 curveballs. Kimbrell did last night. Yeah. Not one swing at a curveball. Yeah. They're seeing it out of his hand. Yep. They know it's coming, and they are spitting on that curveball. Velocity is down. Curveball's not very good. What do you have? You have a guy that looks like at the end of the road for uh, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, he certainly does, Trent. And um, look, he was this time last year. He's got to get Kimbrell. he got to bring Kimbrell in. Uh, they had nothing. They still don't mm-hmm. have a closer. It's pretty apparent that after that, I mean, I go back. You're not excited about Jeffress, huh? Well, you know what? He, he, he was good in Milwaukee. He, yeah, he was good in Milwaukee, yep. too. Yep, I remember. I remember. Of course, he wasn't going to get that gig mm-hmm. or keep that gig. Um, but, you know, you just you go back to, when was it, two weeks ago, they started to play inter-squad games. Mm-hmm. And he got, I think it was Contreras that took him deep uh, into the center field bleachers at Wrigley. And I remember thinking, oh, this is great. Twitter's, re- Twitter's exploding. We missed this so darn much, right? Uh, but man, oh man, Kimball hasn't gotten any better since that, and we we will see where this Cubs team goes. Because you know what? To be to be real, f- to be fair, uh, this time last week I didn't feel good about this team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons to like this team so far, Trent. I mean, again, yeah. we tapped the brakes. We're what four games into it, uh, but so far so good. Best with record, the exception of, of the bullpen. Best record in baseball. Mm-hmm. Three and one. Yeah. The only other NL team that is also three and one, your San Diego Padres. For right. once, you didn't pick them either in the win total for the year or anything like that. Instead, right. you stayed away from the pods, and they're going to run away with the division. Yeah, and eh, I watched. Maybe I, why, no, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, look. They're fun. The, they are fun. I and watched them they, yesterday. They got the brown and the mustard back together Love again. Love that look, Trent. Oh, Love so that good. look. You know what? I would I would love to see the look of that ballpark from inside of Petco. I've never been to it. Been past it right downtown San Diego. Uh, that's one of the ballparks on my list. But, yeah, the uniforms. I watched uh, Tatis. Uh, with a, what was it, sixth inning yesterday, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. With the triple? Uh, yeah, triple, uh, cleared the bases and, uh, uh, and, and put them ahead. So what anyways. was the center fielder doing on that play? You know, Trent, it was like a Little League home run, is what <laughs> yeah, it, was. it was. Yes. Which uh, it turns into a Little League triple, <laughs> right. or a Major League triple is the same as a. a it just, it was, it was coming through there quick in the outfield mm-hmm. grass, but it just shot by that center fielder like he didn't have a clue. Yeah, that, that's Tatis. He can hit the ball hard. It's going to get past you if you don't have a good angle. But love watching that. You know, uniforms, 
they're making the way back to kind of the uniforms that I grew up with. Milwaukee's changed. They, yes. Those were spectacular over the weekend. Watched a lot of them before the rain game last night. Yeah. And uh, that one got pushed back. But, yeah, I love their new digs. Love that yellow and the dark blue together Absolutely. with luck. the old emblem. Uh, who else really like? Well, we talked about Dave Raymond, our friend with the Texas mm-hmm. Rangers, and the uh, the baby blues they were wearing yeah. on Sunday. That was a okay look. Yeah, Th- no, There's some baby right. blues I like more, I think, than the Rangers one. But, yeah, they're all right. I love when the Twins do that, go to their baby blues. Yeah. We see the Cardinals, well, maybe once a year, twice a year, maybe they pull out their ones from the late 70s, early 80s. Those baby blues are good. And your Blue Jays, they pull them out from time to time. Yeah, I know. they got a, they got a number of different combinations. Well, what do you expect tonight? Let's start on the Cardinals and the Twins. It is, you know, we're from where we sit. Uh, the I, I think the, I don't know, you, you can't rate these games, but mm-hmm. they're certainly going to draw a lot of interest. The number two and three fan-based teams, I would say, and I still believe that uh, in this area. Cubs are, are one, and they'll start at 540. Alex Mills uh, on the bump tonight for the Cubbies. We'll see what he gets. But your guy, Homer Bailey, Trent, uh, for the Twins, he'll go up against Carlos Martinez. Um, you never know how long his season is going to last, sadly. But Homer Bailey got shelled in mm-hmm. his tune-up at Wrigley Field last week. Uh, what's the over-under on this game tonight? It Let's seems, see. It, it seems is... to me that this one could go sailing over the total. Well, I gave you the winner last you night did. in the Cubs-Reds yep. game. Gave you the over in that one. Uh-huh. This is 10.5. But you needed Kimbrel, did you not? <laughs> what was the score? Uh, was it 8? It was, no, well, it was, yeah, it was, it was over by then. It was, yeah. yeah it was 8-5 at that yep. point. But after the fifth inning, after the Cubs put 6 up right away, I'm like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And then nothing Nothing. Yeah. Well, oh boy. Well, that kid that came in, An- Antone or whatever his name uh-huh. is, uh, he was pretty good. He was, yeah. And, and they needed it after yeah. Wade Miley. Well, looked like Wade Miley. Boy, mm-hmm. that guy. Cy Miley from a couple of years ago. <laughs> continues to, uh, well, he continues to collect a paycheck at the very least. But yeah, Antone, is left that what it is? pitcher, Trent. You know how much you can extend your career if yes. you can throw with your left arm. Jack and I were just working on that yesterday. Good. Yeah, we're working on the lefty Birch throws. I doing likewise yes. with his son. Yep, him and Bodie are working on it. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a couple of lefties coming through here in a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, tonight for the Cardinals game, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I think I'm more intrigued to see what Carlos Martinez looks at back in that starter role. Mm-hmm. He is so important. If the Cardinals, not just good enough to make the playoffs, because with the expanded playoffs, they're a playoff team. I, I don't think there's any doubt with this Cardinals team. Mm-hmm. But to make a run, they need Carlos Martinez. Yep. It, it, even to get into, say, an NLCS, they need him to be, he doesn't have to be the top flight guy we saw for a few months, a couple of different times in his career, but he needs to be solid. He needs to be good. He needs to be a guy that can be in that top four of the rotation come playoff time. Where is he health-wise? How many pitches is he going to throw? What would you anticipate tonight? 75? Maybe the max for yeah, him? Something in that 70, range? 70, I was going to say, yeah. so that we're not far off. Homer Bailey, though, I, I, I've seen this guy. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be very good. Ten and a half the number there. I don't think I'm jumping on with you on that one. Don't play ton of totals unless something really jumps out. Another game I'm really excited about is the one we got rained out last night, White Sox-Indians. We get mm-hmm. two of them mm-hmm. here today. And to see Dylan Cease. We know he has the live arm. He can yeah. pump it up there he does. over 100. He can hit triple digits, but frankly, he's not a very good pitcher. No, he's got an arm, but it's more than just having being able to throw hard at the major league level. And we continue to see that him. So want to see that. Want to see uh, what we get in those two games coming up tonight. Anything else jumping off to you is, again, another postponement. Orioles and uh, the Marlins are off tonight. And also 
Game two of the Phillies-Yankees also called off. What else jumps out to you? Uh, well, I'll start early with, uh, at least for the first couple innings, I'll watch my Jays, who are really hammering the baseball. They're, they've mm. been fun to watch so far. Washington's off to a bit of a... I hate to say slow start four days into it, but you magna, these are magnified. Uh, I'll watch that and then I'll switch to the Cubs and I'll spend most of the time on that uh, until the uh, Twins and the Cardinals start at 7-10 and that's probably where I'll stay till the end. Dodgers, Astros got yeah. a chance maybe, right? That, that was one, well, it, it's in Houston, so mm-hmm. it won't be quite the same. And of course, no fans in the stands, mm-hmm. so that, that takes a little bit away. And late night. I'm going to be watching those Padres again. I I think I'm going to flip it on again. Yeah, they get the Giants and Samarja, who, for whatever reason, I just always enjoy watching him out there. Maybe it's just his story and what he came from, the wide receiver in Notre Dame. But, yeah, I'll probably flip that one on. They made some magic, did they not? Yes, they did. Boy, that was a good duo. Yeah, Samarja was a hell of a football player. People forget that. He's been in the league for so darn long now. For Christ, he's 35 years old, Trent. Jeez. Jeff March is 35. Time marches on as our show has marched on today. So tomorrow, uh, I guess we're, are we weather permitting? I, what, when yesterday when I got on my app, it looked like everything was good to go. Now it seems like rain may be late in the day. Mm-hmm. So you'll get off um, on time tomorrow, I would think. But boy, oh boy, uh, high school baseball. Uh, ready or not, it's, it is on. What do you anticipate tomorrow? Well, uh, it's going to be a, a really, really tight game. I, I don't see this one getting past 3 2, 2 1, 1 0. It's going to be that type of game between Urbandale and Waukee. It should be a great pitching matchup. Two guys that are destined for the University of Iowa, Ty Langenberg on the side for Urbandale, and Jackson Payne on the other side for Waukee. They also, Waukee also has, though, Jackson Wentworth waiting in the wings who's committed to play at Kansas State. He's just a junior and also one of the top hitters in the state who might hear his name called in the MLB draft next year. That should be really good. We'll get to see game two. That's at one I'll have updates from Principal Park as it will be Johnston, the number one seed. They get Cedar Falls, kind of the great unknown of CF, as we talked uh, yesterday to Coach Bart of Johnston about that. They're 7-1. They played a couple of games, had to shut it down as there was a positive case inside their baseball program, came back right at the end of the regular season. I think played two games before the sub-state began. They were off two games into the sub-state final, and uh, they move on to the state tournament, but at 7-1, and one, that'll be the one thirty game, and we'll also have play-by-play of the nightcap tomorrow night as Ankeny and Brody Brecht will take on Pleasant Valley. That's the 2-7 matchup. That will be 7-30, but you mentioned that late rain. Don't want to be like last night. Do you see what time the Des Moines Christian Dyke New Hartford game got over last night? No, what time? A couple minutes shy of midnight. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How did, well, they got off to a late start they in the did. day, right? They and, had to. And the first game went extra innings. Oh, right. I saw that. Yep. So you had yep. the Van Meter victory that went to eight. Mm-hmm. That extended it out. Then they had to get everybody out of the building because they're clearing yes. crowds now. Clearing everybody out. So individual. when things get pushed back, you know, they can normally compress and instead of yeah, 45 minutes to an hour between games, they'll tighten it up at 25 or so. But you really can't do that when you can't let people from the next game in, the fans in of that one. So they have to clean, sanitize in between. It takes a little bit longer. So rain delays, an even bigger one. I remember years back, there was a bunch of rain the week of the state tournament. They ended up playing a couple of games out at Southeast Polk. Be- yeah, you know what? I think I recall that, mm-hmm. Trent. And I wonder if something similar would oh. be on the docket again, either Southeast Poker Johnston, the two fields that are artificial turf that can right. handle all the rain. And, and so. no offense to either of those schools. Right. They're, they're great facilities. They are, everybody yeah. wants to be downtown. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, maybe 
especially for that first game. You know, if you already get one underneath your belt, you mm-hmm. understand, you know, okay. But, right. yeah, for that first game, you want right. to at least have the have experience. Have the experience, no doubt. Of playing a principal You'll never part. forget it. No, not at all. It, it is a great environment. Excited to get down there. A busy day today as uh, we have three teams in Class 3A that are in. So we'll have updates all throughout the day here on KXNO of all the local teams. Also, softball updates presented by Central Bank. Well, we've got about 25 minutes of airtime tomorrow morning. We'll use it with our friend David Kaplan from uh, from Chicago. Of course, ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports SN. Cappy will join us in Cherry Stone of Iowa. Sponsors Cappy. We are out of show. Murph and Andy coming up today at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. The morning rush will be back. We're Miller and Condon weekdays, 10 to noon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3.